great morning, everybody. Great morning. CC, what's up, man? Another another uh, beautiful day in uh, Minneapolis. It's actually cold and rainy, but that's all right. Well, we got snow up here too, bro. So stop crying. No, we don't have snow, Coop. <laughs> Chill well, out. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just saying over here crying about rain. We got snow, bro. So it's all good. It's all True. good. What's up, True. man? How how's the grind? How is the grind? I love and hate that word. Um. Definitely doesn't stop though. There's always more. And when you think that when you think you got a free minute, you're not thinking 10x. Poop. Hey, chill, bro. Chill, chill, chill. It's you're so right though. It's such a it's like a word you love to hate, right? <laughs> but it's all good, man. There's no uh what's the, how much I says you can't prosper if there's no grind or there's no success, no grind, or something like that. I don't know. No prosperity without problems. I I don't know. I don't know. So, something something with the grind. <laughs> yeah, th- there we go. Gotcha. Um, anything new with you? The wife that made it safe from her trip. Yeah, wife's back. Kind of waiting on her to start her new gig. Trying to run around and fix stuff on my rentals and get tenants placed. Love it. You've been decently busy. Yeah, always always busy. Decently. You know? What about you? Man, I'm good, man. I'm you know you know how uh like you know the journey like you you, you get over the top and then you realize like oh there's still like another mountain we gotta climb, right? Oh oh yeah. There's always you the... get to the top and then you see another one up there. And then it's like, oh let me let me get some better boots and and start this uh, next journey, <laughs> right? Yep. So yeah, I mean, that's all it is. Uh, family's good, kids good. Um, yeah, gonna be busy for like the next, uh, basically for the rest of the year. It's gonna be a different grind, but it's all good. It's all good. Just think of think of how you'd feel if you weren't busy. That's what uh, my good friend Joey Cameron said the other day. That's think of how stressed. Think of how much more stressed you'd be if you weren't if you weren't busy. Joey Cameron, crazy. That's crazy. Love it. Love it. How's he doing? We got to get him back on here. Uh, mindset, man. You guys got a killer mindset. He and I are thinking of running a half marathon in this fall, uh, because because you can't mess with our mindsets, man. David Goggins style. Well, let me know if you guys need a water boy. Um, we don't even like running, Coop. I t- like I said, let me know if you guys need a water boy. I got no problem volunteering. Um, it's all good. Yeah, I'm going to have to hit you up here with some details, see if you want to run it. But got to stay hard, you know? Like virtual? No, like we're going to run a half marathon. Man. Like well, an, a, an, an event. Okay, bro. Well. I shouldn't have said it on this podcast. You, shouldn't have, you shouldn't have said it. I still might hey, not it's not it. about us though, Coop. Let's bring on our guest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Uh this morning on shipbuilding with Cooper and Caleb, Cooper's gonna introduce our next guest. Good morning, everybody. On today's episode, I have a screenwriter, author, also podcaster, 
And fun fact, she's written nine books. Ladies and gentlemen, Kimberly McKay. <laughs> Yay! Thank you, guys. I appreciate the intro. Yeah, nine books over about 12 years. So it took me a lot longer than some of these other authors that crank these babies out like every six months. So it's uh, not that fantastic when you look at some of these other authors. Man, I mean, I don't know how they do that. C- Caleb, do you know anyone that's written nine books other than Kimberly today? I I have one friend who's written three and, you know, he's he's a little bit younger. But in my chats with him, you know, he talks about how difficult it is for him, too. So mad props oh, thank to you. you, Kimberly. The pandemic well, helped a little bit. I mean, if anything's <laughs> going to come out of it, I got two books out in like a six month period. And I was like, dang, I can crank these out. Like, I got to start focus on getting faster, you know. That's crazy. Love it. Love it. Well, we're going to have lots more questions on that. But we always like to start with. You know, tell us a little bit more about who you who you are, sure. what else you do, and then also a big part of why you do it. Yeah, you do. absolutely. Um, I'm a military brat. My dad was in the Marine Corps. I've bounced around the world a time or two. Um, I call the world my home. I uh, lived most places between a lot of Asian cultures. So like Hawaii, Japan, that's where I spent most of my time. Um, so was it maybe? Pardon? Were you Navy? Marine Corps, actually. He was, um, okay. yeah, he was attached to the uh, the Air Force, though, and on many of his tours, just because he was air war development, and he helped kind of just do some fun things around the world. So, um, mm-hmm. but b- because of that, I, I was so um, in awe of so many different cultures. I was inundated by different foods and experiences and just life in general versus, you know, kind of sitting and a a one town the entire time. And not that there's anything wrong with that. I think there are pros and cons to every person's life. I just love to take these experiences and then fuse them into my books. And I've been a writer since I was a child before I could even like spell, I had like stories going on in my head that I just had to get on paper. So it's just kind of how I was made from, you know, the get go, my DNA. That's an Oklahoma term, the get go, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> so you must have spent some time there i live too. here now i've been here since 1990 okay. so i'm actually an oklahoman and and, and I, since i lived in okinawa for a while i'm an oki from an oki i'm an oki from oki yeah so i get really confused that's awesome love it love it so, um that's awesome uh kimberly um uh, can okay before we continue um can we can we call you kim yeah that okay okay cool just want to make sure before i Kimmy John, Kim, Kimberly, Kimmy, whatever. As long as it starts with a K, I'm good. Cool, cool, cool. So can we can we talk a little bit, you know, um, how you transition into, you know, author, screenwriter, um, and podcaster? And maybe you can go in like to order how they all came sure. about. So I started writing, like I said, when I was a child. I wrote my first book in the fourth grade and it went to like state my teacher turned it into some award and I won best author that way. And I was like, dude, I think there's something here. And so my entire life, like I'm reading Ramona Beasley and, you know, all these um, Judy Bloom books. And I mean, I just was hooked on stories and, and um, heartfelt stories too. Right. So I would say I was in my 
late twenties. Um, TMI guys, just FYI, they always say, write what you know. Um, I was date raped at the age of 15 and I'd always wondered what my child's life would have been like, because I thought I was pregnant at one point. Thank the good Lord. I wasn't, mm. but I'd always wondered if I had been, what would that child's life be like? And I just couldn't get that story out of my head. And, and so I wrote that story with my first book called finding Kylie, um, took it to my counselor and I'm like, Hey, I just want you to have this story. And I wasn't planning on publishing it. I wasn't planning going anywhere with it. And she basically said, you know what, Kim, a lot of my patients, when we get to this point and they write their story third person, that's when they come to this final stage of healing. Not that you won't be triggered throughout your life, but you're at the point to where I've done everything I can do for you. And I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah. And by the way, this is really good. You need to look at getting it published. And I'd always had that dream as a child, but because of the trauma I experienced when I was 15, that kind of derailed my dreams. I didn't, I was just surviving and coping at that point in my twenties. Right. So I got traditionally published. Um, the publisher I went with, not going to name who it is because I'm not going to go there, but they weren't the most ethical publisher. They were traditional and they were legit, but they stole every dime that not only myself had, but other authors as well. So at that point I decided to go indie. Um, back then it was about 12 years ago. Indie didn't have the best, I would say, reputation because a lot of traditional authors were like, oh, well, those are the people that can't get published. So they do it themselves. Well, I had experienced getting published. I didn't get a dime. I didn't like the cover design and the editing wasn't that great. So I have a graphic design background. I've got a marketing background and I can learn the editing stuff. So I kind of just took the reins or took the bull by the horns. I guess that's another Oklahoma term <laughs> and um, just started doing it myself because I didn't want to be told no. And I had too many readers that were actually emailing me at that time going, what happens? Because I leave one thing unopened. Like there's one little hook, there's closure at the end of the book, but there's one little, you know, nagging little questions that readers are like, what's in this letter? Cause I never reveal what's in a certain letter. And, um, that became the first of an accidental series because at that point I knew I had to write another book. So you answered my question. I was going to ask you, you know, you knew you were, you knew, you knew you were going to be a writer, you know, from a very young age. And my, my question was going to be, when do you, when did you realize that this was going to be a career? So it's clearly, you know, writing, you know, going through your, your life and your experiences and writing this yeah. book and it's I'm just going to ask you, I guess, to maybe keep expounding sure. on, you know, what happened next, right? What what was what was the next Yeah, life? I just have a lot of friends that are in the film and entertainment industry. And one of my best friends, his name is John Schwab. He's recently acted in The Queen's Gambit. Um, he's done a lot of things like projects on Zero Dark Thirty, an FX show called Trust. Um, he's been a voiceover artist, artist for Wife Swap. I just sent him my book. He's in London. He's an American, but he, um, he lives in London with his family. And I just said in my book and he called me cursing and I'm not even going to try a London accent because he has one now, but he basically just said, <laughs> first of all, I'm cursing you because a um, I'm staying up all night and I'm not sleeping and I have too much on my plate not to sleep. B I was crying at the end and C you named the bad guy, John, what the heck? So, um, so, but at oh. that point he was like, Kim, we, this is a movie, like we have to do this. And so he and I started tackling, he's a prolific screenwriter. He's won a lot of film awards and he and I started screenwriting at that point. And that's kind of how I transitioned with my first book into screenwriting. And then I would say in the last five years, I mean, Aaron Cahill, who's a Hallmark actress has fallen in love with my newest series called the, the spiritual gift series. And she's been a champion for me and um, has been trying to 
pitch my books right and left to different people. And I, I've recently been uh, contracted with a film agent. And so he's got four of my scripts under contract. And now his job is to go find the funding for those and find the right doors to knock on that I would never be able to approach. So that's kind of where I'm at. And then the pandemic happened and I'm like, I have a media background. I've always wanted to interview people. I'm pretty good interviewing people. Um, so that's kind of how the podcast came to light. I had some extra time and I wanted to be creative. So boom. You mentioned a couple times about how you were leveraging, you know, your friends and your networks relationships to, you know, per- continue to pursue yeah. your goals. Um, what skills did, or how did you develop the skills for you to develop your relationships, you know, a, a layer backwards, you know, cause you saw, you said you have all these friends, um, in the entertainment business, um, what part of your life, how did you, how did you make those relationships? That's just from being a military brat. I mean, that's moving every two years of my life and I, I'm a creative person. So I hung out with creative people and they've gone on to do some fantastic things. And so no matter where I lived, there's somebody in each place that I've lived, that's either a film producer or an actor or, you know, on different levels, of course, mm-hmm. not everyone has the doors that they can just walk right into and say, Hey, Scorsese, here, let's talk, you know? But um, that's where the networking comes into play. And as a brat, I mean, you guys, I don't know if you're military or if you've been around military people, we're not going to take no for an answer very often. And we're not afraid. So I, I'm very tenacious, I guess is the best way to put it. So um, have you heard of David? No. Oh man. So he's the, I guess I'm not going to speak for Caleb, but um, he's one of the, the few military guys I, I don't know him personally but he's got a book called uh can't hurt me um and he was in the not uh, marine corps, marine corps uh, and was just well, actually no no i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah. i'm sorry he's in yeah, navy, navy seal those navy guys seal. are tough um, um so just listen, like the book was awesome i mean so like hearing you talk about your upbringing um and just the tenacity and not taking no um is is awesome um and now i was gonna ask um in your journey was there any type of fear that you had to deal with my writing journey or my personal journey because those are two different answers well let's talk about both i would say absolutely um as a trauma survivor there's ptsd all day long that you have to overcome and you have triggers and as a person of faith um you know, I have to learn to put faith over fear and just focus on, you know, what God has for me and the good things in my life versus the way that, you know, I, I'm blessed through chaos is that is what I usually say to people. Um, mm-hmm. Chaos life is always going to vomit on us. It just is. It just is. But there's so much beauty and you can be beautifully broken. Does that make sense? Yes, I've never heard that before, but makes perfect and so i take my brokenness and i use it for his good and his will so that i can help other people and i call that beautifully broken but with writing i mean absolutely there's fear because what if you know what if you say something at this point there's so many people out there that get so offended at right um what if you write something that someone just has an issue with and then that goes viral you just never know and that's a small fear because i mean let's face it, there's people on with bigger targets on their back than me. Um, I'm just a little girl that write, likes to write books and I'm in Oklahoma. Not many people know about me, but um, I mean, there is some fear in that, 
from time to time, depending on the culture or the environment, right? Yeah. But yep. that's where you just, you, you rely on your voice and you trust yourself and you do your research. And in doing research, you recognize how to be, um, what's the best word I can say, how to be balanced in what you put in your book so that it doesn't lean one way or the other while still standing on a message. Does that kind of answer? Yes, that does. Along your journey, you know, who was one of the first mentors you had when it comes to, you know, whether it was the screenplays or, or, or writing an actual book, right? Who, who was one of the first mentors you had and how'd you get that mentor? What was something you learned from them specifically? Definitely John Schwab. And that was the screenplay aspect. Um, we just took every other chapter of Finding Kylie and he writes like a girl. So it was really hard to tell, you know, <laughs> his voice from mine. And um, that's probably because I w- was raised around him and knew him so well. And we're like brother and sister. But yeah, he mentored me in such a way that I learned how to tell a story and how books, why they're so different on the screen than what you've read in the theater. Their mind is so different than what you end up with on the big screen because you have to tell things visually that you can't spell out with words on a script. Mm. Can you talk a little bit, um, Kimberly, you know, when we, when we bring people on this podcast, I, I, I feel like we bring a lot of people that are extremely busy, um, you know, between being an author, screenwriter and podcaster, like how do you find time to juggle <laughs> I'm also a professor, not a professor, cut that part out because I'm not, I get called professor by my students and I have to correct them. So that's the first word that pops out of my mouth. (laughs) I'm an instructor at the University of Oklahoma and I'm a writing instructor. So there's that. And my husband and I run a business on the side where I edit and we help produce their videos. Um, How I balance it is I also have a full-time job on top of that selling media. I work from home. I do all of my fun, creative stuff on the weekends or in the evenings like I'm doing with you guys. It's going to be morning when you guys put this out. But in the evenings is when I set up my um, my me time. My son is old enough that he's a teenager. He really doesn't want to do anything with me at this point in his life. He's like, oh, yeah, it's just mom. So it gives <laughs> me more time to to work on things. Does that make sense? Yes. So, man, that's man, Caleb, we, we need to step our game up, man. There's Um, always, I mean, Coop and I always talk about time because we're both, and you, and you've maybe heard it on our podcast too. We we always have a million things going on, and I'm always just amazed at how there's always more time if you need it. Yeah, you actually need it, right? Yeah. Um, so that that's what I would say in response to you know uh, you Kim and you Coop. I. In in no, I was just saying I agree. I was going to ask him, so in line with that, so what what motivates and keeps pushing you to, to do all these different things? I mean, it sounds really simple and maybe it sounds stupid, but that's just how God made me. I am mm. passionate about creating and my best friends sometimes lie between the pages of a book and to get their story out, to make people recognize that um, life is going to be okay. There's always an uplifting message in these books. And to get the feedback from, I couldn't rem- I couldn't get these characters out of my mind. I need to know what happens next. It's a slightly addictive process. I'm not going to lie. Mm. Uh, because as a creator, 
you want people to fall in love with what you've done. And when they do, man, you just can't wait to get to the next one. Um, it's just part of the package. My husband knew it when he met me, so he signed on for it. <laughs> I have a follow-up question. Um, you are the first um, author we've had on this podcast. Cool. And we had to talk about the stereotypes, you know? So tell us, tell us about writer's block, what that is. Is it real? Have you had it? It sounds like, you know, creating is what God created you to do. Um, talk to us about some of the obstacles I have, or distractions. I have not. Then I do have distractions. I'm not going to lie. But I really haven't suffered writer's block until about five months ago. Um, and there's a backstory to it. I don't know how much time you guys have. But um, as far as stereotypes, to answer your question, I mean, all of us writers, every single writer that I know is a dreamer and a doer. I mean, there are always people that dream, oh, I wish I could do this, kind of like an armchair writer or an armchair, whatever it is that you want to do. The difference is we've crossed that line and we're not going to say it's not a dream anymore. I'm going to dream it and I'm going to do it. And we're go-getters mm -hmm. for the most part. And they're passionate about creating. So that's kind of the stereotype, I guess, if you want to call it, that I've run into. Um, writer's block wasn't a problem until I was trying to convert a script that I had written first and I've never written usually I write books and then I convert books into scripts. Mm -hmm. I woke up one day and I had this story and it was about racial relations and how to bridge the gap because I'm very into inclusivity. I'm very into not putting labels onto people. Um, I'm very much into, we all have the same heart and we beat with the same heart. We all bleed the same and, you know, God made us different, but there's beautiful in being different, right? We learn from each other's yeah. differences and so the script came to mind and it's called misgivings and it's not M-I-S-G-I-V-I-N-G-S as one word. It's two words, miss, M-I-S-S, and then a separate word, givings. And it's actually a character. Um, and I woke up and I was like, all right, how do I want to write this? And he basically told me script. And I'd never prayed over something like that before. Usually I dream these scenes and I wake up going, that's going to be my next book. And they come to me in my dreams but I had prayed over this one and it was like, all right, I'm doing this one as a script. And about four months ago, I was like, okay, I think I'm going to convert that script into a book. And I couldn't do it, guys. I mean, it, a month later, I'm still in my first chapter and I'm like, I can't do it. But that's because we're still chewing. Yeah. On it. And I'm like, well, he told me script. So I'm going to let this one go. And I just released a book three weeks ago that replaced that one. And that one happened in like two months time. Boom, boom, boom. It was done. <laughs> wow. So that that's that's and crazy. I think it's interesting that you felt called um to do it different. You know, you'd never done it that way before. Yeah. And I'm telling you guys, it, this is under under contract. If somebody ever has the cojones to fund it and and push it forward, it could be a game changer. It's it's like I can only imagine meets driving Miss Daisy. Right. Right. Mm. Okay. Cool. I also want to ask, um, there's um, a saying that, you know, people have certain times of the day that they do their best thinking or like when their brain is, is really in that creative mm -hmm. mode. Um, do you have like a certain time that you feel like you're the most creative? I think it depends on what stage I'm in. Um, after a book, I kind of let go of anything creativity just as a general rule for about two weeks. 
so that I can just do what's called percolating and then let dreams come to me. And so that most creative period at that point, at that stage is two to 4 a.m. And I'll wake up with a dream. And then after that, then it's I'm Mm -hmm. simmering. I'm simmering those characters and I'm interviewing them, actually talking to them in my head on, you know, why they are the way they are, what made them that way, what their favorites are, what their dislikes are. And that's all throughout the day. And I'm very ADD. So my husband could be talking to me and I'm like, what, huh? Because I'm daydreaming. Um, So, yeah, it just depends on what stage I'm in with the book. Can can you talk a little bit about um, the business that you and your husband are doing on the side? We help clients with their branding and their message. I've got a marketing degree and he's in marketing as well, marketing and media. He and I both are creatives and he does a lot of video production and voiceover acting and he's in radio and TV production for his full-time job. And so I help clients brand on a budget like the big boys and we help them with their videos that they can put on social media, that they can put on the big screen, the movies or TV, wherever their message Mm -hmm. needs to go. We help them with that. And, you know, we do it for very, very inexpensive, by the way, it's super inexpensive. And we help them with their promotionals and their websites and whatever they need help with. We've, we just offer those services. We do editing as well for authors. I've got like a couple books I'm editing for other authors right now. What prompted you to, you know, start, or you guys, excuse me, to, you know, start, start that side hustle, as you called it. It was just an opportunity that presented itself about. 10 years ago, we already were doing that for our full-time jobs and clients were coming to us going, Hey, do you have time for a side project and what would you charge? So it just kind of dropped in our lap. Um, and we just started doing it. Can man, that's, that's great. Can you, okay. So you said it, it dropped in your lap. Can you just talk about how you know like how i forgot how i want to how i want to say this like i feel like in today's world people i feel like people today have that opportunity right they have the that idea that just falls in their lap but they don't take action or they don't right run with it um can you just talk about what that was like a little bit for you and your husband when the opportunity fell sure in your life. I, w- I want to piggyback on that too. And and also what were you guys doing that kept clients coming back to you? Right. It, that wasn't a mistake either. I'm sure. <laughs> no. Um, I, I was a freelance photographer on the side at that point. I had done some campaigns for house of hoops and I got to shoot Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant and some different people. Um, my husband was in radio and TV production and um, we had always done like voiceovers because he's got a personality that he is. He's dancing Dave McKay on Magic 104 here in Oklahoma City. And so there were always like testimonials. Dancing I know. And Dave. his show is phenomenal, by the way. It's like disco and 90s. Um, it's 70s, 80s, oh, 90s that. music. Yeah. Um, so first it just started with the photography, whereas people just kept coming up to me going, hey, do you shoot on the side when they would see me out at different events? And I would just give them a card. And then that's how it started. And then from there... Whenever I switched jobs from um, the radio industry into the movie industry, because I am a media sales rep for a company that one of the things they sell is on-screen advertising at the movies, among other products, Um, clients just needed their commercial done and they couldn't find some place that would do it effectively or affordably. And I'm like, well, 
every rep in the company, if you guys have that problem, send them my way. And I shouldn't have opened up the gates that wide because we had my husband ended up getting shingles last year because he was so busy with his full time job. And then working nights, weekends until midnight or one o'clock doing all these personal jobs on the side that it just um, it kind of exploded. And then COVID, COVID, you know, took it away because everybody stopped advertising once the pandemic hit because nobody was they're just trying to keep their doors open, let alone spend money places. So that's kind of how it happened. It's just I made business cards. People asked me a question. I handed them a card. You got to give them got to give them an opportunity to. find you yeah it sounds like you just kept it simple right the the old kiss exactly principle. kiss you know? and hustle yeah hustle is always good um another question that we typically ask our people is you know i'm sure you have goals you know anybody who's as busy as you are and you know trying to be a mover and shaker like you are too we have goals and, and you're an entrepreneur, whether you wanted to be one or not, right, as an author. But what do you or what do you and your husband do together to work on self-development? That's a really good question. I I don't know if we do it together because we're both so busy, um, which that makes me sad. We're trying to make more time for one another in that area. Um, but I always study other campaigns and how people market or strategize so that we can take our campaigns to the next level. And he's constantly um, doing continued education when it comes to design and graphic work and things like that. So we have our independent ways of doing that, but we haven't been doing it together like we should. Do you have an example of the type of campaigns that you would maybe study and then also maybe expand on what you're doing for your entrepreneurial interpersonal growth. Yeah. So like there are different um, websites, Kantar media, um, AdMall. There are different sites that you can go in and look at people's budgets and where they're spending their money. And then you can Mm -hmm. go find their campaigns by Googling them and just seeing what's working for them and what's working in different markets. And so that's, kind of what I do. There's also something called Winmo where you can go in and get a free account. I don't know if it's free. My, my company pays for it, my full-time company. And then you can sure. go find, you know, sure. the head of marketings for whatever company you get so much credit per month that you can go research and find these, um, these decision makers and then just start what I call filling the hole. Like if you go to their website and you find that their graphic design could be a little bit better, approach them and say, Hey, you've got a really good website, but you know, you might want to look at some of these examples. If next time you have a job available, you know, consider us because you never know, they might be really tired of the graphic design person or that person could have moved. Right. That is so cool. I'm sorry to interrupt. Mm. That is so cool. Kit. I'm, I'm sorry. Was there another part of that question, Caleb? Uh, I, I, I just was also curious. So I know that's how you're, I know that's how you're, you know, working on your business. Is there anything you're doing where you're working on you? For example, you know, Cooper is working on his big temper problem or what, you know, like something like that. <laughs> he doesn't seem like he has a temper. So that shocks me. Maybe listening. I should have said listening. Cooper's working on listening. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but that was my the second part of my question. Absolutely. I think we all have to be self-aware enough to know what our weaknesses are so that we can turn them into strengths. I'm very hard on myself, um, but I also struggle with, with fear when it comes to what could happen to my family. I've got a teenager who's getting ready to go to college. 
Um, and so I mm. constantly have to put faith over fear every day. And I'm working on, you know, doing my devotionals and studying the Bible more so mm-hmm. that I can put my focus where it needs to be. Because if I am fearful, then that means I'm not faithful. And so that's kind of wor- what I'm working on for myself, which is going to be, I'm working on a devotional book too. So I'm actually going to be creating a concept around that so that I'm working and stepping through it with the people that are reading it. Sorry, Coop, one more. Um, and this is a, yeah, no, you're not the worst. This is a it's all good this knowing. is a high pressure question too because the answer the answer might be no. I'm sorry, I don't. But do you have a specific Bible verse you go to, um, or maybe a couple? And when it, when you're when you're in a when you feel your fear mindset. So in. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven through thirteen. A lot of people might say eleven through twelve because as I know that right. So the thirteen right. part of that is. Yes, we know that the Lord has plans for us, but it's when we seek him with our whole heart. And so people kind of look at the first part of that verse and go, yes, the Lord has plans for me and I'm good. And yes, he does. But if we're not seeking him and we're taking him for granted, are we going to really see those plans? Are we going to be tuned in and focused on him to where we might miss something because we have blinders on and not even be aware? That's all I had, Coop. That's all I had. Thank you. Love, love it, love it. Uh, <laughs> Kim, can you let's just go back and talk about um, and talking about when Caleb was talking about what you're doing to develop your business. Um, you talked about studying other campaigns. Where, where did that idea out of necessity, man? From? I mean, um. If you don't stay up with what's working and what people are drawn to, then you're behind the times. And there are some basics when it comes to advertising and marketing and PR. I mean, like you said, keep it simple. Um, You know, this is kind of part of the class that I teach at at OU as well. When it comes to the media writing, it's also the advertising, the PR. So um, just, just being aware of your competitor. And that's one thing that I have to analyze all these campaigns in the market. So if I'm talking to client A, if I don't know what client B is doing, how do I know how to help client A overcome that? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think no, that's... I think you give yourself too much credit naturally for having the instincts to just, oh yeah, like I have to do this. Um, so many people are, so many people can't always connect the dots like it's i don't like I, I i don't give me that much credit because i can connect the dots in some ways but then for myself when it comes to marketing my books man i i just i'm tapped out at that point i really am i'm like i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> hey i wrote it you figure it out please cool cool Kim, can you talk a little bit yeah. about uh your podcast i you know i'm a little add and And maybe that's why I don't fit anywhere. It's because I'm like a a master of all or no, I'm a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Um, And it's my podcast where it could be focused just on writers. It's called a novel thought. You would think it's just writers and maybe, you know, maybe I should just focus on writers, but I know that novel also means new. And so I'm a storyteller. So I like telling people stories and I like it to come from a spin of what they're doing new in their life to uplift the world around them and make a change in their community. And while I will focus on writers, I'm focusing on trailblazers and change makers in the communities around them. Mm, 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 mm. 
You just rattled. No, you rattled I mean, it's that just right kind off, of like kid. I'm. I'm random. I'm sorry. I just am. Thank you. Love it. And and like you said, it was just kind of you know, COVID happened, and you know we all had some sort of time, you know, um, and that's how yeah. the podcast kind of came um, about in sales when as a media rep when we're talking about knowing campaign A versus campaign B and knowing how these competitors, um, we have to overcome these other messages. You have to learn to interview clients as well. So I've always interviewed people in the media. You know, I've had cover stories with Reba McIntyre when I worked at the state paper. And I've also interviewed clients when it comes to their campaign, what their needs are, needs analysis. And so interviewing people comes second nature. And I've always you know, I was a mass comm journalism um, major to start with, and then it was mass comm marketing because I wasn't somebody that really wanted to be in front of the camera. I'm more comfortable behind it, but I love telling people's stories. And so podcasting was something I was always drawn to because that's something that I don't have to be on camera for, even though they have them on videos nowadays, um, but that I can still tell their story. <laughs> right. and. Uh, I think I've got a gift of putting people at ease. Sometimes people get off the podcast and go, I never imagined that I would like discuss this with you. I haven't told anybody that before. And so I kind of have that stamp on my forehead. Tell me your life story. It just comes natural for people to just like divulge things. Man, that's, that's awesome. Can we, uh, can we just talk a little bit, um, you know what what's one thing that you would tell your your younger self let's say your your 18 year old self i would say find the hope in your life at 18 i was it was 3 years after my rape i thought i would be dead by the time i was 18 i didn't think i would make it to 30 once i was 18 um i didn't think there was anything in life that life had in store for me i i didn't think that i was good enough even though God still loved me. I didn't know why, even though I still had friends and family that loved me. I didn't know why I, I, I brought something on myself because as a victim, before I became a survivor, it was my fault. It was my fault. It was my fault. If I could go back and talk to my 18 year old self, I would put my arms around myself and say, you're good enough. And you've got so much good in your life. And I want you to focus on the good and recognize all that's in front of you and stop focusing on the past. If you focus on the past, you're, you're not going to have the future that God has for you. Wow. I think that's the best one we've, uh, we've had Caleb. It was very, it's, it's very specific, Kim, which, you know, your story's powerful and, you know, we, we want to be respectful of your time and, and, and your privacy too. But I mean, I appreciate you sharing that because, um, you know, it sounds like you went through a, a tough experience yeah. and, and here you are Absolutely. now, right? I, I'm not saying that I'm happy that some things happened in my life. I'm saying that God uses everything for our good. And while that is sucks, I hate that my 15 year old self went through that. It sucks. I'm not going to lie, but I went on a certain path. I took a different path. I would not have had the same life or had to overcome and become the strong person I am today. And now I get to help other women that are struggling because of what I went through. I can help mm -hmm. them. And that is everything. What was the word you used Blessed with chaos, chaos earlier in the show? Blessed through chaos. 
yeah, I love I I didn't get I didn't comment on it, but I think that's such a good thank you um coined phrase. Yep. Do you um can can you talk a little bit, Kim, about um like any goals that you got in front yeah. of you or like what what you're working on? Future plans is plans. to make sure my son has a healthy college career. <laughs> But as far as per personal, um, <laughs> you know, I have three books I'm working on right now. I just finished Interlaced Souls and released it two weeks ago. It's the fourth and final in the Spiritual Gift series. I'm Most of my books are romantic suspense. The Spiritual Gift series is romantic suspense with a little bit of paranormal. Um, my grandmother visited me after she passed. And so these books kind of start off with that um, theme in mind that there's a thin realm between heaven and earth. And that God's timing is different than ours. And so mm. this grandmother in the first book helps solve the mystery of her death with the help of um, her little clairvoyant granddaughter. Um, and so it's told from two perspectives, the, the past grandmother and the family um, on earth. So that kind of kicked into the spiritual gift series, which people just started eating it up. Right. So I just now that I have finished that fourth book, I have a spinoff series that I'm going to start called the Miss series. And I have a devotional book that I'm not naming yet, but it's a good concept. And um, I'm just going to wait and see where it takes me. I have three books that I'm currently working on. I just got to figure out which one's going to take precedence. This is, that's all great, great things. And I'm going to segue that into one of our other questions we sure. usually bring up, but I'm going to add a twist to it since you're an author. Um, your favorite book that you would like, that you have written, that you would like or you would recommend to our listeners and then another okay. book you have so interlaced souls my most recent i think is my favorite out of all of them my series are standalone so you can just read one you don't have to read them in order and um it's by far my favorite you won't see the end coming by the way favorite by you oh, won't. Look at that hook you, you just won't. Too. I get I get better as I go along. It's kind of like being a freshman <laughs> in high school compared to a, you know a grad student. So, um, I think my favorite yeah. book. Now I have favorite indie authors and I have favorite traditional authors. I love Tell No One by Harlan Coben, and I also love um, gosh any books by Chrissy Dallas. She's a YA um, she's a YA author, and she's really good too. Her, she's got the Phantom Island series. And hers is like Lost meets high school students, you know? So if you ever watch the TV show Lost. Oh. But yeah. Dang it. Yeah. Mm. Another book I have to read. But Harlan Coben, Tell No One. Man, if you have not read that book, Love you've got it. to. And The Blue Zone by Andrew. Gosh, I went blank on his last name. Andrew somebody. I'll have to look it up and send it to you guys. That sounds great. Love it. Love it. Kim, this, this was great. Um, you know, love, love, uh, the story and <clears throat> you got a lot going on right now, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, can you, can you just tell our followers where they can, uh, you know, link up with you or, you know, yeah. see some of the stuff Thank that you, you for asking. You I appreciate going that. Um, my website is Kimberly McKay and that's M C K A Y. So Kimberly K I M B E R L Y M C K A Y author.com. And from there, you'll have a link to the podcast. Um, you know, you can go to my Insta as well. There are social media links on that Kimberly McKay author site. And when you go to my um, Insta, there's what's called a link tree. Do you guys know what a link tree is? 
<laughs> link trees are awesome, man. Out. It's just one link for everything. Um, but on my Instagram, which I think my username is the Kimberly McKay, MCK, not the AY. Um, but you can just Google Kimberly McKay author Instagram. It'll pull up and there's a link tree in my bio. And that has everything that I've got going on. I Jesus. love lately. Second. Yes, Coop, go ahead. No, what were you going to say? Uh, you, you already you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, you are the second person yeah. that said. Just, just Google me. Just Google I mean, me. I, I hope everything I good pops it. up. You never know. Hey, are you guys, you guys are on Clubhouse, it. right? That's how we connected? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Yes. We're on Clubhouse. Yep. Coop's yeah. on there more than I am. So I was I thinking Clubhouse. maybe we could do a room at some point, the three of us. Because I think that you have awesome. some awesome entrepreneurial stories that you could tell, and um, you can just invite me to be part of it. For sure. That'd be I awesome. Will def- I will. You guys, I'm I'll so thankful you. you had me on, and never be afraid <laughs> to ask any questions. I'm an open book. If anything, I'm a fire hydrant. Love no, it. no, I, I am too. So I just appreciate yeah. you sharing. And this was a great episode. You guys cool. have well, a good night. Thank you, or Kim. good really morning, rather. Your time. <laughs> hey, there we Thanks, go. Thanks, bye. Love it. <laughs> Thanks, Kim. Another great episode, Caleb Carlson. Yeah, man. Another good episode. Another just great conversation great conversation good perspective um kim is a naturally talented human being you can yeah. i can just tell she just she gets a lot of stuff naturally that other people don't yeah for sure um thoughts takeaways i just said them coop were you not listening again bro don't 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 try me tonight bro <laughs> or this morning it's too it's too early bro no um big takeaway is you know when you get that little I mean when you get that little like hey I think I should do this and she got it at a young age like do it man and like she said also life or life or the world's gonna vomit on you right yeah and just you know just grieve do what you need to get through it but push through and you know keep going which is, I think is a little bit of her story. We didn't get too much into that, but you could just tell, you know, she went through some stuff, but here she is today. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to say the, uh, the blessed through chaos. Um, yeah. You, you were right there. I thought, yep, he's going to take, he's going to take my line. I should have, I should have uh, took it. Yeah, it no, yeah, it's all you. It's all good. But yeah, the, the blessed through chaos that, that right there, um, never have heard that before. Um, that's, a I cool, might have to take that. That's a cool thought. You know, or I'll that, ask if I can borrow it. <laughs> um, you know, with everything going on, man, and how how busy we are, um, you know, it's also a blessing as well. You know, we could not be busy and get into trouble. Um, so yeah, I just, I just, I've never heard the blessed through chaos. You know, just understanding that, you know, we all go through things. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's just really our perspective and understanding. That yeah, you know I've I've went through some things, um, you know, and and there's not I mean there's nothing wrong with, you know, being, you know, depending on the situation, you know I don't want to say it's okay to be a victim, but you know we all go through things, but 
being just being able to turn that and turning that into a a driver or like fuel you know and you know just listening you know when we asked her the what she would tell her 18 year old self um you know it was a hard um you know from 15 to 18 it was a hard three years for her there but you know as she worked on herself then um you know got the right mindset um she used that those tough years as fuel you know and um, I thought it was cool. That was a cool twist, you know, on just how your perspective can take a bad situation and turn it into something to fuel you to do good. So, yeah. That was- yeah, she definitely developed. You can tell she's got, you know, coping. She's got She's got a plan. She knows I what mean, she has to do now. I mean, Bro, I mean, I, I think we're busy. I mean, did you hear everything she's got going on, dude? She did. She's she was so light with it, <sighs> so light. Like, uh, you know, screenwriter, author, podcaster. Oh, I, I'm all. You know, also am a instructor. Um. Oh yeah, and then my husband and I, we have a side business. <sighs> no big, no biggie, no biggie. Love it, love it, love it. Um. Yeah, you got anything else? No, man. Another great episode. That was a great episode. Honestly. Um, I don't know if you guys heard at the end, um, but Kim and I, we linked up through Clubhouse. So I'm just putting that out there again. Make sure you follow Caleb or myself on Clubhouse. Um, and it's cool. What's cool about Clubhouse is you can't use any other name but your actual name. So, um, I mean, you could put, I mean, you know, people put crazy stuff as their name, but I just put Koopa Wallow on there. Um, I think Caleb has something crazy on there. What'd you put? Uh, dude, I have to, I have to verify. I don't even know what mine is. Oh my God. It was a joke. I think you just had your regular name, Caleb. Yeah, I probably did. Holy poop ball on that one. Mr. Chiseled Dad Bod. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all, man? You done you done roasting me today, bro? No, we're good. We're good, homie. All right, man. Um please subscribe, rate, and review. Um, love the feedback. Yeah. I was about to say something about we did get some feedback the other night and I wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's who's giving us smoke, Coop? Hey, what? I said, who's giving us smoke? It was, it's, I don't know, someone on your end, man. It's all good. Someone on my end? Yeah, it was one of yours. It's all good. Keep, keep, keep them coming. You know, we should have, I mean, when we get, when this podcast gets a lot bigger, we should have like a, a negative um, review session. Like read all the negative reviews and just we don't have enough time for that, Coop. That, that's a lot of time. Oh, you you already been getting negative reviews and you haven't been telling me? No, that's a lot of time to commit. And you open the gates like that. That's I'm gonna just start putting stuff on <laughs> just because <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We're getting kinda of long here. So uh another great episode, Coop. Another great episode. We'll see you next week, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Bye.